The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Learn how to eat better, get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Every now and then, I get to go to a very sparkly, glittery work thing. And I put that in quotes because everything in life can be a delight when I am in the right frame of mind. Well, last night I had one of those work things, but it was the first in-person one since the pandemic. And in the great joy of getting to be out with people, I didn't realize there would be a joy far greater than that. And that was what I learned. I was there with a a wonderful author. She wrote a book called From Hollywood to the Himalayas. We will be having her on the show, so you can count on that. But she was being interviewed by Deepak Chopra, who said something that I will always remember. He said that just as Shakespeare said that all men are players and that the earth is a stage, that we're really playing a role in our lives, just as if we had a role in the theater. And I don't know about you, but that helps me a lot to think that it's not about being somebody different or better. It's just about playing my role. Well, gosh, maybe the way Meryl Streep would play it. Hi, everybody. I'm Victoria Moran host of your Main Street Vegan program. Such a pleasure to be with you today and even a greater pleasure perhaps to introduce someone that I have just been crazy about since she attended Main Street Vegan Academy quite a long time ago and I've followed her career since then and I'm just proud as punch and she is Courtney Ostrowski. So Courtney is 
the host of the Unique Way podcast, wonderful podcast. Add that to your listening list. She is a 1,000-hour certified yoga teacher, international retreat leader, a self-discovery coach, and a human design reader living in Charleston, South Carolina. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you, Victoria. It is such a pleasure and an honor to be here with you today. Well, that goes both ways. So what we decided, because you have so many things going on that we're going to mm -hmm. talk about today, is something that probably a lot of our listeners have never heard of. I hadn't until you told me about it. And this is human design. What is that and what can we do with it? Yes. So human design is a system of understanding your energy. We all have our own unique energetic blueprint that we came into this life with and human design can help us to learn how it wants to be expressed, how it wants to be used, how it needs to be taken care of. So it's actually a combination of several ancient wisdom traditions, including the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah tree of life, the Hindu chakra system and astrology, but it pulls all of this ancient wisdom into one system that is very applicable and relatable to everyday life. And that's what I love about it is it's not just this pie in the sky, woo woo stuff. It's actually practical and we can use it in our lives right away. And in human design, basically there are five different energy archetypes and, you know, based on which category you fall into, you just get this wealth of knowledge and understanding of how your energy works best. So in a nutshell, that is human design. So it sounds complicated because you said it's a combination of all of these things. Do we have to understand any or all of those to be able to use this? That's a great question. No, you don't have to know anything about any of that. I actually have studied each of those traditions independently. So I geek out on that kind of thing and love it. But no, you don't have to know about any of that. The only thing you really need to know is your exact time of birth and the date and location where you were born, because that's what you would need to enter into a system to see your birth chart. That's the part of, of human design that's related to astrology, because basically when you took your first breath, the earth was in a certain place, the sun, the moon, the, you know, other planets and that the energy of those planets and those celestial bodies imprinted your soul with a specific kind of energy. And that was the energy that you need to fulfill your purpose in life. And so really all you need to know is your birth info. You can actually go to myhumandesign.com or mybodygraph.com and enter that in and you'll see your chart and it probably won't make a lot of sense, but hopefully I can give you a few pointers today that will give you a, a pretty good understanding of your energy depending on your type. Oh, how interesting. So you said myhumandesign.com and what was the other one? Yes, or mybodygraph.com. There are several different ones out there in the world, but those two are definitely my favorite. Okay, so somebody without having a, a reader like yourself, somebody could go there and find out at least the basic information of yep. what their, um, what do you call it? Their <laughs> energy, what? yeah, their human design or 
so human design is, is what it's called, but within human design, there's an energy type. And then I would say if you're a newbie, like, wow, never heard of this, want to check out my chart. I would look at your energy type, your strategy, and your authority. Those are the three most important things that's gonna, that are going to also give you a lot of insight as to how to use your energy and how oh. to take precious care of your energy. Ah, so can you just um, give us uh, somebody that you've done or yourself or a hypothetical person and explain to us about these three things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I feel like maybe I'll pull up your chart. Okay. <laughs> um, give me a second because I know that we've looked you up and um, I remember telling you a little bit about your chart and you, you saying like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. So well, it <laughs> yeah, it really did. And then you know what I did, Courtney? I'm so embarrassed. Instead of putting it somewhere solid and savable, I put it in the notes feature. And mm. somehow it disappeared along with all my other notes, which was probably good because there were years of them. Um, but <laughs> well, you so, know what? You've got me in your corner. So anything uh, you need, I'm here for you. Bless and we'll, you. And the best, again, the best place to start is type strategy and authority. So, you know, it might actually be more beneficial to run through the five types first and okay. then talk about these three parts of your chart. Does that, would that work? Sounds great. Okay, great. Because you're a projector just like myself, but there are also four other types and for other people out there that might, you know, look up their chart and find out they're a generator or whatever. I think it's fun to know the different types and kind of how they show up in and interact with each other. And so there are five energy types in human design. We have manifestors, generators, manifesting generators that are a hybrid of the two. Then we have projectors and reflectors. So those are the five human design energy types. And I like to use an analogy of a movie set. So I think it's really funny, your intro, <laughs> talking about you know the actors I like to use a movie set analogy and to explain the different types and how we operate. So manifestors would be like the producer on set. They are here to get the ball rolling, to make things happen, to initiate, to move people to action, but they're not the ones that are here to follow through and finalize and execute all the little nitty gritty details. They're big picture people and then they're on to the next thing. They're kind of like fire starters. So, and they are here to really initiate. The rest of us are not here to initiate. And I think that's where we get into trouble sometimes is a lot of us have been conditioned to think we need to be like the manifester and just kind of push and initiate and force things into happening. But what I've learned is that never worked for me. And now I know why, because I'm not a manifester. And so manifestors, are they have a powerful energy they're only about nine percent of the world and they're here to get things going so in a nutshell that's the manifester for you then on that movie set you would have the director which would be like the projector projectors are here to guide projectors are here to lead projectors are here because they are the seers of the world they see energy in a way that others don't they see how people can rise to their potential, or how we can tweak systems, or how they can just see so clearly things that others can't, and they want to they share it, 
And they also want to be able to guide others into leaning into their potential and to making the world a better place. But the projectors are not here to initiate. Projectors are here to be invited. And that is a huge thing for projectors like you and I, Victoria, is we're here we're here to be recognized for our gifts, our our way of seeing, um, and our unique perspective, and then be invited to share it. And that's actually when we step into our power and when we really shine. And projectors are about 20% of the population. And we're not here to go, go, go and hustle and grind and be doing all the things. We're here to guide. And our energy works a lot differently than the majority of the world because we're considered a light being and not an energy being. And so I'll get into all the energy beings and light beings after I run through the other types. But in a nutshell, that would be the projector. Then we have the generators and the manifesting generators, which they're both considered a generator type, but they do have a little bit of difference in, in their energy. But they would be like the actors and actresses on stage making the magic happen. They are the builders and the creators. They have this sustainable life force and workforce energy inside of them. And they are people that get so lit up by doing what they love. It's almost like they have this endless amount of energy to make things happen. And so they are the energy beings of the world. Generators make up about 35% and manifesting generators another 35%. So the majority of the world are these energy beings. And, you know, those are the people that also have these really big auras when they're doing something they love they become so magnetic and energetic and they're just really, really fun beings. Generators tend to be more linear, more um, loyal and committed. The manifesting generators tend to be more multi-passionate, multi-faceted. They like to try this and then try that and start this and they don't finish that. And, and that's kind of their uniqueness and how they shine and generators again are just a little bit different but they are powerhouses for sure and then lastly we have on that movie set we would have the reflectors they would be like the audience they make up one percent of the population so they are very rare and they are literally here to reflect to be mirrors and they're here to um reflect back the health and wellness of the communities that they're in or the workplace that they're in. They are completely open in their chart. If you look at their chart, all the centers are white because they're just, and where we're open in our chart, we're taking energy in and reflecting it back. We're amplifying it. So they're here to become the wise observers of the world and reflect back to us and be kind of like barometers of the health and wellness of, um, the communities, like I mentioned, that they're in. And so projectors and reflectors are the light beams, the ones here to guide. And then the manifestors, generators, and manifesting generators are those energy beings here to get things going and to do and, and go. And so that, in a nutshell, are the five types. Is that resonating landing question? Well, it, it definitely, it resonates with me. And I remember when we talked before, I was really surprised because I think sometimes I tend to be a little bit cynical and I roll my eyes and it's like, okay, we had the Myers-Briggs and we had the Enneagram. And, but, 
but there's something really unique about this. I, I am, am loving it. Now, let's just tell people real quick, because our time is going to run out before you have said nearly everything you have to say. So the website is CourtneyOstrowski.com, C-O-R-T-N-E-Y-O-S-T-R-O-S-K-Y. And that will be also put on the um, the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. And you do have a free human design masterclass um, on your website, correct? So yes. So people want to learn yep. more can go there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then um, proceed ahead. Yeah. <laughs> what comes and, next? Well, so I want to um, look at your chart a little bit. So, and I also want to echo what you said. You know, there are so many personality tests out there and archetype quizzes, and I, I love them all, but human design just landed with me very differently. It's the, and it's not a personality test. Again, it's just how your energy wants to operate, you know, and it, everybody I've given a reading to, it makes so much sense to them and they feel so validated and they're like, Oh, that's why I am the way that I am. And, and also a big part of human design is unlocking your uniqueness and the way your energy wants to navigate it through the world. And it's, we live in a society where I feel like we're all kind of put into one box of like, this is how it has to be. And this is how life has to work. And this is how you rise to success. But truly it's different for everyone. And using your energy type can be so helpful and achieving your goals and becoming a happy, healthy person. So for instance, projectors like yourself need more rest than the average person. Projectors often want to go, go, go and guide and lead and, and also like lean into that generator energy that's so prevalent. But when we do that, we get really burned out. We get exhausted. Our health starts to suffer. So it's important for projectors to know they work best in two to three hour spurts. And we can be very innovative in that time. We can work smarter, not harder. That is huge for projectors, delegating out the things that we don't have to do that doesn't require our zone of genius. Let it go, delegate it out. That's huge for projectors. And also I mentioned the strategy, looking at your strategy in your chart. So the type is projector, your strategy is way to be invited. So that means Victoria, you have your podcast and you share what you're up to and share your passion and let people know who you are and what you offer. That's all great. But then it's, you have to trust in the universe. You have to trust in your energy type that it's going to speak to the right people. And then those people are going to invite you to share it. They're going to invite you to speak, invite you to lead, invite you to guide. And that is how our energy works in the world. And that is how we actually will be with the right, we'll like find the right people that are actually a good energetic match mm. when it comes to relationships, whether that's intimate or it's professional, you know, it's like our energy speaks louder than words. And so it, it requires a bit of patience and trust that we don't actually have to be initiators to rise to success because success is huge for projectors. That is our signature. And when we're in alignment, it comes naturally. We don't even have to try. We become a magnet for success and collaborations and opportunities. So that's what's kind of cool, but it's just a little bit different than we've been, at least I've been taught growing up. So that is huge, the strategy, wait to be invited. And then for you, 
your authority is emotional. So this is different than mine. Not every projector has the same authority. Not every energy type has the same authority, but your authority is like your inner guidance system. It's that part of you that is the, the highest form of intelligence in your body that's guiding you. It's like your inner compass. And for you, it has everything to do with emotions. And it's not necessarily based on the logical mind. So for you, it's like, feeling how you feel, not thinking about how you feel, feeling in decisions, feeling into people. And your feelings are, you know, you came into this life to become very emotionally intelligent. And when you actually lean into your emotions, trust your emotions and allow yourself to ride the wave of those emotions rather than stuffing it down or making them wrong, you know, that is gonna be huge. But what's most important for you as an emotional authority is giving yourself time to process your emotions and not making an impulsive knee-jerk reaction or decision. You want to ride that wave of highs and lows and wait until your emotional wave is calm, cool, and collected before you jump the gun on a decision. And what I like to tell people with emotional authority, because sometimes they feel like, oh, I'm going to miss out if I don't like jump the gun right now or make a decision right now. And I tell them, what is meant for you will never miss you. And what misses you was never meant for you. So you can, you can trust in that. And so for you, Victoria, those are the three most important parts of your chart. Well, this is absolutely fascinating. And I know that there are people who are all these other types as well. And I wish we had time to go into detail about all of them. But what I find so fascinating about what you're telling me when you talk about that my particular type wants to wait to be invited, that that just resonates so much with me because I take a lot of, you know, courses and business and things like that. And they're all about, you know, push and get yourself out there. And anytime I do that, it falls flat. And then some miracle comes from out of the clear blue sky. And I yeah. know that isn't how it works for everybody, but it's how it works for some people. And maybe it's others who share this projector type. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I, I actually, when I first heard I was a projector, I was mad. I was like, no, I want to be a manifester and initiate and do it my way. And, but then I sat back and I took an inventory of all the things that had actually come through via invitation. And I was shocked. And I was like, wow, there's something to this. Actually, relationships and work opportunities, like you mentioned, that worked out and were successful were usually like so wildly easy came through like an invitation it, it wasn't like this struggle it wasn't this forcing or pushing it just came to me wow <laughs> it was a clear invitation so yeah i can relate to that and that was very validating and this actually having something to it because i was like I can relate to that working in my life in a big way. Yeah, and I can I can see how working with with someone on, on this could be really really helpful. So everybody listening, uh, Courtney's website courtneyostrowski.com and that's c o r t n e y o s t r o s k y and then to do your own chart and get some sense of where you are in this system, myhumandesign.com or mybodygraph.com. Now, just in our last couple of minutes, Courtney, let's just shift a little bit and tell people about the Unique Way podcast. What can we be hearing and learning and loving over there? 
Yes. Well, the Unique Way podcast, it, it's only seven, eight months old now. So it's my baby. It's growing. We have, I have guests on that talk about everything from sex to aliens, to human design, to <laughs> wellness, to spirituality. I mean, we really go we go there. We, it's, you know, the unique way I like to feature unique guests with unique perspectives and unique topics, you know, and I have regular everyday people on there with just a unique story. Um, also you were a guest on the show and I'm looking to see it's episode 12 with Victoria Moran creating a charmed life. That is the name of that, um, that episode, which was a beautiful, look at your life and your work and we talk to yoga you know so there's all kinds of fun topics and it's growing which is exciting and um i would love for yeah anyone that's interested to stop by say hello well people who listen to podcasts listen to podcasts so yeah. it's always good <laughs> <Don't> to <subscribe. laughs> to get the word out this way so finally courtney just in our last minute what's the most important thing in your life today movement. Ah, tell us about that. Yes, I think movement has saved my life. It has allowed for me my mental health, I feel like is in a good place because of movement, allowing my body to discharge stress and anxiety to get those happy hormones moving, flowing, pumping. I feel like it just does wonders for my physical body, my mental body, like all around. It is my medicine. I and, love it. I'm so yeah. sorry to have to cut you off. We'll <laughs> stop with your medicine. We could probably Perfect. all use more of it. Courtney Ostrowski, human design. How interesting. Stay with us. We're going to talk about our closets. Hmm. We'll be back. Thanks so much, Courtney. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. 
Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm so happy you're with us today. If you're new to the Main Street Vegan family, a couple of places to visit, MainStreetVegan.net has all kinds of information about what's going on under that umbrella. Our blog this week is really interesting. You know, I live in New York City and something that a lot of vegans are asking me these days is, have you been to 11 Madison Park? Because it's this um, super (laughs) multi-star fancy restaurant but really, really expensive. And when people say, have you gone? I always say no, but a good friend did go and has written about it this week in the Main Street Vegan blog. She's Nivy Jaswal, and the blog post is called Casting Away My Carnist Corporate Ego at 11 Madison Park. Really, really a good read. So do check that out at MainStreetVegan.net and also go on Facebook and join up with the Main Street Vegan Podcast Listeners Group. That's our inner circle, and we've got giveaways and all kinds of cool stuff. So we'd love to have you as part of that. And somebody that I am absolutely thrilled is part of today's program is Stephanie Moram. And so we're almost sisters with that last name. One one letter is different. But you know Stephanie as Good Girl Gone Green. She's a green living mentor and the CEO and founder of Good Girl Gone Green, where she teaches busy women how to live greener and more sustainable lives without feeling overwhelmed. She has 10 years of experience and she's helped over 20,000 women, not only to live more sustainably, but also to shop ethically and reduce their overall amount of toxic exposure. So thanks for helping people with all that great stuff and welcome Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful, wonderful to have you. I feel sometimes that I am a Johnny-come-lately to the environmental side of all of this, and sometimes I find it overwhelming, and then I kind of get in the groove with something, whether it's composting or whatever it is, and then it's like, this was so easy. Why haven't I always done this? I love it. It's wonderful that you're out there. So what we're going to focus in on today, Stephanie, is clothing. And I think as as vegans, my listeners are very aware of ethical clothing choices in terms of animals and also in terms of, of human rights and where things are made. But it's still really easy to just gather a lot of clothes. What do we do? So I think as women, humans, um, however we identify ourselves, we buy a lot of clothing. We buy a lot. Um, There's just this trend of um, not repeating outfits, right? Like every time we, you know, if we do TV shows or you go on Instagram or you go somewhere, you go to a show or you do something, can't wear the same outfit over and over again, which in fact, I wear the same thing over and over again. And now it's becoming the trend to repeat your outfits because we consume so much stuff. We consume so much clothing. So the first thing I tell people when it comes to clothing is to repair the clothing you already have. So let's say you have a t-shirt or you have a pair of pants. Like example, I have an eight-year-old son and his pants get holes in them. And I buy ethically made clothing, organic, and I'm not going to lie, it can be more expensive. So guess what? I get patches put on his clothing. 
because it makes sense instead of going out to buy new stuff. So it's to switch that mentality of it's okay to repair the clothing that we already have. We don't have to buy something new every single time that we need something. I love that because now everybody loves vintage clothing because it's so well made and you can't find it like that anymore. Well, back when that was just regular clothing, everybody got things repaired. It was just, you know, you didn't have to be rich to have a seamstress. So fascinating. Continue. (laughs) And I just wanted to touch on the repairing again. So um, there's a brand called Nudie Jeans. It's made in the USA. It's an organic brand. And um, they repair their jeans for free. So um, I'm here in Montreal and there is a store and all they sell is jeans And all I had to do, my husband buys nudie jeans. And I think he had like five or six pairs of jeans that had holes in them. And all I did was bring it to them. They sewed them all up. They fixed them all up. And I went back and picked them up. So it's just, you know, there's other companies that are also have initiatives to do that kind of stuff. Um, You don't necessarily always have to do it. So nudie jeans is one of them. Patagonia repairs their clothing as well. Um, I think it's more specific to the U.S. that they repair their clothing. But, you know, if you had a jacket that you bought and there's a hole in it, you can take it back to a Patagonia store and they will repair it for you. Fascinating. And how do do you spell the jeans company? Nudie Jeans. It's N-U-D-I-E. Cool. Okay. Wonderful. So we're all repaired. Then what? (laughs) And I think it's also um, if you have clothing that it can't be repaired. Um, there's nothing to be done with it. It's to repurpose that. So let's say you do have an old t-shirt. Can you make it into a rag? Um, Can you use some old clothing to wrap gifts up instead of buying wrapping paper or buying wrapping bags or whatever it is you use for gifts? Can you use that clothing for something else? Can you take it and repurpose it into another item and give it a second life versus I'm just going to trash this item? So it's, you know, it's that whole mentality of thinking outside of the box and not automatically thinking that piece of clothing is no longer good anymore. I'm just going to trash it and put it, you know, in the garbage and not even think about it. It's to just kind of think a little bit more about the different steps. So repairing, repurposing, um, like I said, just trying to think of a new, how you can give it a new life. Um, and after that, um, if there's a clothing that, you know, you go through your closet it's still in good condition, but you just don't wear it anymore. Because let's be honest, um, there's clothing that sometimes we're like, eh, that pink shirt kind of isn't for me anymore, but it's a really nice shirt. So what can you do with that shirt before putting it in the trash? So one option is you can resell it. There are so many um, sites online where you can resell items. Facebook Marketplace is one of them. (laughs) I've bought I've bought a lot of stuff on Facebook Marketplace for my children. There's ThreadUp, um, a quick Google search, and you can find lots of reselling uh, places. And you can make a little bit of extra money at the same time as you're reselling your clothing. And what's really cool about um, some of the resell sites is it's kind of, it's like Facebook Marketplace where, you know, I have that pink shirt. I take a picture of it. I upload it to their site and then I sell it through their site and then I package it together really quickly when it's sold and then I ship it to them. So there's not like that extra, um, you know, now I need to ship the shirt to the company and then the company is going to ship it, right? It's being shipped from your house. So there's less, you know, environmental impact because you're not shipping. um, There's not twice as much shipping, right? 
So it's something to think about is, can I make a little bit of extra money? And can I resell that item? If for whatever reason, you just don't want to resell your clothing, you know, it's just not what you want to do, donate clothing. And um, there's a lot of like controversy a little bit on donating clothing where a lot of clothing could, you know, end up in second, uh, in, you know, third world countries. Um, so I think it's to be mindful of what you are donating. Um, if you have a t-shirt that has a hole in it, can we not donate it, please? <laughs> if you don't want the t-shirt with the hole in it, probably somebody else doesn't as well. So it's to be really, really mindful when you're donating what it is that you're donating and would somebody want that piece of clothing or whatever it is that you're donating? Because a lot of stuff will end up in the trash. I donate my clothing uh, to a small little place here local to me. Um, it all goes to a good cause. It goes back into the community, which I love. So I try to donate to small places where that I know the money's going back into the community. Uh, so I think that's super important as well. Oh, but that it's just, is... I'm Go just ahead, so Gloria. glad you said that because, you know, we hear so much about like recycling, like it'll right. say, oh, yeah, you can recycle this plastic. And yet, in reality, most of it is never recycled. And I wondered how that was with clothing donations. Sometimes there just seems like there's so much of it. And the fast fashion is so cheap, like if you're donating to a, a resale kind of place, it, it's just tricky as, as to whether it's going to go in the trash or not. Right. So, you know. We think it's great to donate and then um, we donate our clothing and then for whatever reason, um, wherever we've donated that clothing, it can't be resold wherever it is that, you know, the donation was made to get sent to a third world country. And that can, you know, we think it's great, like, oh, all this clothing is, is landing in XYZ place, but that could also impact that community because maybe there's like local artisans and stuff that make clothing for the community and now they're getting all this donated clothing mm. which can impact the community because now these people are out of jobs so it's just like it's just a you know there's a if you want to know about donation and how it works I suggest kind of googling it and going down that rabbit hole because it's super super interesting um and I think everything that comes to the environment you know even you know vegan, environmentalism, all that, it's just being mindful, right? And making the best choices that you can make with the information that you have. Uh, you know, there's some companies, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, do, I was just wanting to ask what your closet <laughs> looks like. I would love a tour if I were in Montreal. <laughs> it's a small closet. I don't have a lot of clothing. Um, I work at home, so I don't, really have to go anywhere <laughs> so leggings are a big thing for me and shorts <laughs> um, I don't have a lot of a lot of fancy clothing I do have nice clothing but back to the beginning I repeat what I wear and the last year and a half I haven't really gone anywhere so no one's probably seen that clothing in a long time uh, but you know when it comes to social media I'm wearing you know the same sweater as I always wear I don't it doesn't bother me I'm like I own this sweater and I paid hundred bucks for this sweater because it was made in good conditions with organic cotton and I'm going to wear it till there's a hole in it. <laughs> so I'm going to wear it all the time. Right. Mm, and then you'll repair uh, it. <laughs> right. And oh. then I'll repair it somewhere. You know, if there's a hole somewhere. I'll get it stitched up or, or whatever, take it to, you know, and then we're also giving jobs to people. Right. So, you know, there's a local seamstress that lives near my house. So when I have a hole in something, if my mom can't do it, cause my mom does so as well, then I just go to a local place and they fix it. Uh, another example is we bought um, my little guy a backpack and it was like a soccer backpack 
and the zipper broke. I'm like, oh gosh, I don't want to buy another backpack, but I'm going to have to if we can't get this fixed. So I took it to, um, to get repaired. It probably cost almost much as buying a new backpack. <laughs> he put a really heavy duty zipper on that backpack that I don't think will ever break now. Um, but the point was, I didn't have to go out and buy a new piece of something. I didn't have to go out and buy a new backpack. I was able to repair, even though it was expensive. I'm thinking that I gave, you know, I gave this guy a job. I paid him. So that was giving back to the community. And now I didn't have to go out and buy something. So there's a lot of pluses, even though sometimes you might repair something and you might think, oh gosh, it's just easier to go buy the new thing or it's almost the same price to repair it as it is to buy it new. But then I just think of the chain reaction I'm having. I oh, gave someone a, a job, right? Yeah, and plus it's just so classy. It's it's just, it's what my grandmother would have done. And right. and the idea that, that we just throw things away, it leads to more of a throwaway society in general. I mean, we certainly uh, talk about that with animals, people, you know, bring in animals, little bunnies for Easter or whatever it is, even, you know, a big surge of adopting dogs and cats during COVID. And then people were going back to work and took them back. So I think anything we can do to just start to value, you know, living beings, but also uh, objects around us. So when you work with somebody, Stephanie, and try to help them become more environmentally reasonable, where do you right. start? And feel free to expand beyond clothes. I think it depends where they're at as well. But a lot of the times, um, you know, I kind of look at where they're at. Um, and most of the time when people are new to green living, they haven't even touched clothing. Like clothing is usually <laughs> one of the last things, what was for me specifically. And a lot of the times it's just, okay, uh, it's talking about the plastics that they have in their home. It's talking about, um, you know, you know, creating less waste. Like we touched on it with clothing. Like how can you uh, reduce the amount of waste that you produce? Okay, so you use Ziploc bags. Okay, well, how about you finish that box of Ziploc bags and let's start replacing it with reusable options. So it could be stasher bags, which are silicone bags. It could be cloth bags. Um, it could be like these little snack bags. You can find all these kind of things on Etsy and quick Google searches. They're everywhere. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, do you go to the coffee shop? Yes. Okay. Can we get a reusable coffee mug instead of having a disposable one all the time? Um, and then, you know, we talk about money because some people don't have a lot of money to, to spend on, you know, new things. Okay. So you want to, let's say, not use a disposable coffee mug or mug or tea mug, but you don't want to spend 15 or $20 at this moment in time to get a reasonable one. Well, do you have a mason jar with a lid? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> That's your reasonable mug for now. Get a little, you know, um, towel that you got from your old clothing, cut it up, and now you have a sleeve for your mug. So there's just different ways that you can reduce the waste you create. And that's always what I start with, because I think that's the hardest part for people. And then to get them to start thinking about what they have in their house and to slowly knock out stuff that isn't disposable, that, sorry, that is disposable, and how can they find the reusable option? So like I said, the, the, you know, if you use plastic cups a lot, is there a way to get compostable cups if you have people over? 
or can we get some reusable options into your house? Um, so it's just, I feel like that's where I usually start with people. Um, and then after that, you know, just depends where they're at. It could be, we might touch on food a little bit. It could be, we talk about toxins that are in their home. So it could be, let's look at the cleaning products you're using. Let's look at the, the makeup that you might be using. Uh, let's look at, you know, if you have a kid, like what products are you using on your kid? What are the ingredients in these products? And then we'll touch on clothing. So there's just so many different pieces to like, you know, the, you know, the environment. But I always say, um, sometimes what's good for the environment is not good for the people. And what's good for the people isn't always good for the environment. And what I mean by that is sometimes, um, I'll give you an example, a quick example. I had to buy a suitcase and this was like before COVID hit. <laughs> I had to buy a suitcase. I had one for gosh, I don't know, probably 10 years. And it took me a long time to find a suitcase and I couldn't find the perfect one. And what it came down to was I bought the suitcase that was better for the people, meaning that I found a suitcase that I knew how it was made. I knew that it was made ethically, but the fabrics that were used weren't necessarily better for the environment. It wasn't organic, wasn't recycled. Um, so sometimes we'll find things that are better for people, but not better for the planet. And sometimes we'll find stuff that's better for the planet and you're like, oh, not better for the people, right? So uh, let's talk about plastic. Uh, you know, you get a reusable water bottle and plastic isn't great for the environment, even if it's reusable and it's also not great for people. So, you know, it's still reusable, so that's great for the environment, but plastic isn't great for people to be drinking out of. So it's to find that balance of what's better for the environment and to make those choices about and what's better for you. Um, you know, we could buy ethical clothing that's definitely better for the people uh, that we know how it's made. We know that people are paid fair wages, but maybe they're, they're not using recycled fabrics or they're not using hemp. They're just using straight out cotton. Again, better than going to fast fashion, but the, the fabrics used are better for the environment, but they're better for the people, if that makes sense. It does, and that's really interesting. I've never thought of it that way or looked at it that way, so thank you for that. So just give us a little history. Did, were you raised this way, or did you discover this as an adult? Um, not really. It was definitely, um, like, quickly... Uh, I actually lived in the United States for about four years with my husband. And when we were living in the United States, one day we're sitting down, let's watch it. Let's watch a documentary. And we decided to watch Food Inc. Uh -huh. <laughs> and um, that was the movie that like legit changed my life. I sat there and I cried <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Thinking all these things. Um, I wasn't eating organic food. So my intro to like green living was via food. And so I just looked at my husband and said, we're eating organic from now on. And he said, why? Tell me why. And I was on a sabbatical from work as a social worker and I started researching food. And that's when I started to discover veganism. <laughs> and um, I just started researching food, asking questions, asking questions to farmers, just question after question after question. Why this? Why this? Why this? And then I feel like once you start one part of your journey, no matter where you start, it just snowballs, right? So it started with food. Then I was pregnant with my daughter. 
So I started questioning the products I was going to be putting on my body and potentially my daughter's body. I started researching cloth diapers and then, you know, started looking at the toxins that are surrounding us. And then that just led to, you know, wanting to reduce my waste because I watched another documentary <laughs> and then led me to, you know, looking more at clothing and I'm still in that rabbit hole. I'm learning every day. And I think that's the beauty of this is that we're constantly learning and evolving. And maybe what we thought six months ago was, a, was great for us at that point. Maybe there's something better now. So we're all on a completely different journey. Um, I started at zero and there might be somebody listening right now that is like, wow, like I'm at zero as well, but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. You can really take those baby steps and just kind of find your way and you will, whatever works for you. And I think that's the most important thing is to make the best choices for you and your family and to be okay with those choices that you decide to make. So mm, I was and, not raised this way. Uh, <laughs> well, and just to know that it's a learning curve. I mean, we, we right. didn't just all wake up knowing this. We're learning things from you right now. I know one of the suggestions that um, the fashion designer Joshua Catcher makes when he uh, presents for Main Street Vegan Academy is that depending on your budget for, for clothing, right. maybe take, uh, you know, some percentage of it and invest in a couple of really good pieces, a nice garment, a nice pair of shoes from maybe an up-and-coming ethical company that you want to support, and anything else you need, get it secondhand. You know, do, mm -hmm. do whatever makes sense. And that always makes me feel like I have so much choice. You know, if, if I can get one wonderful thing to celebrate, that's good, and that lasts. So yeah, I 100% agree. I 100% agree that it's to find those pieces of clothing that last and find those companies that make products that last versus the fast fashion versus the fast, fast insert whatever, right? Yeah. You know, that are looking to make profit versus making something to last. Um, and I think that's also what, what's important is something, clothing that is, you know, sustainable and you want it to be ethically made and you want it to have, you know, the perfect uh, fabrics. Yes, you can buy those things, but sometimes it's not, it's not available to you, or um, you just don't want to spend that much money. And I just think it's so important. It's to buy something that lasts to buy a sweater that's, you know, even if it's 100% cotton and not organic cotton, if it's a sweater that's going to last, and you don't have to buy a new one for like five years. I have a sweater <laughs> that I've had since university. And oh. I love it. I wear it. I don't wear it out of the house now because it's gonna kind of got a little bit of holes and it's faded a little bit, but I've had it forever and it's just a sweater I wear around the house. Why and, not? And you you kind of grow to love <laughs> objects like that. So exactly. ev everybody, the, the website that you'll be looking for is goodgirlgonegreen.com and Stephanie is goodgirlgonegreen pretty much everywhere. Uh, she does so much video. And just in our last couple of minutes, there are a lot of people who listen who are really go-getters out there in the vegan world, the plant-based world, the sustainability world. Help, help all of us a little bit with our social media. I know you are an expert at outreach. Do you have a secret? Um, I would say, like you said, I do a lot of videos. And I think right now, if you use Instagram video uh, reels and using videos is the way to go. I've grown my audience. Uh, I'm growing, I'm growing my second audience. I'm actually starting a podcast as well. So I'm growing that audience over there. And it's really by using video. I think people want 
to see you. And then I think also audio, you know, podcasting, um, using Clubhouse. People um, want to listen on the go as well. So I think using any sort of audio or visual is really, really what's working really well right now. That sounds good. And and it is what's changing the world. I mean, it's just like every day something new and wonderful happens. You know, two days ago, no more fur from Oscar de la Renta. And it's just <laughs> like, cool. And it's all because we can get this information out so, so broadly online. So absolutely wonderful. Stephanie, thank you so much. Goodgirlgonegreen.com. Uh, Good Girl Gone Green on Facebook, on Instagram with a little uh, underscore after it, and on TikTok. Um, she's everywhere. She's everywhere and absolutely changing the world. Lord knows somebody needs to do it, and hopefully we're all doing it to a degree. So thanks so much today to both of my guests and our engineer, Jeff Comfort, and to the wonderful people of Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We are here live every Wednesday afternoon at unity.fm if you ever want to catch us live and just about in person. Otherwise, Apple, Stitcher, all your favorite podcast places. To everybody listening, such a pleasure that you were here today. God bless you and eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.